Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Right now we got Ace and Malik. What's goody? All right. Being as this is not an Oscar podcast, we will not be talking about uh, the slap heard around the world, apparently. Now, although I do have a question about this. What's what's your question? Because I don't have any answers, but I'll try. Um, because this is a betting podcast. Yes. Right. What is the over under uh-huh. on, you know, another slap occurrence <laughs> between now and the end of and, and next Oscars? At, at the next Oscars, what is the what is the over under on slaps occurring on live on live TV between now and the S and the next Oscars? I think there should be an over under on this, and I think you should be able to talk about it. We should be able to bet on it, and we should be able to bet on who the culprits are going to be, who are going to be the combatants in the next slap off. See the problem there's because it's uh, because it's a slap. It's, there's too many variables and it's too controlled, right? So somebody could just go out there and just do it, and then bet on themselves. That's true. That is true. Well, have you so, ever seen have, have you ever seen one of, have you ever seen a, um, the slap competitions? I have yeah, actually two, some two. joints they show on like ESPN or like they yes. used to be on Highly Questionable or now they're just yeah two like probably yeah. ass white dudes look like extras <laughs> from over the top <laughs> that just, ain't arm wrestling just slapping the shit out of each other for no reason. I honestly yeah. think that Will, Will Smith and Chris Rock have to get into that now. Like they have to get into that ring like that. Somebody from there should be calling this to say like, look, there's an opportunity right here for y'all to squash your beef and make mm. a little money for charity. And so on and so forth. We are getting ever so close to celebrity death matches. Like this close. We are this yeah. close to celebrity well, death matches. Pandemic is taking a toll on a lot of us. So. <laughs> I'm here I'm for right. it, man. I'm here for it. I, I was, That's all I'm going to say. It was, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into this. It was, everything has been said. It wasn't, I'm going to be honest. It's two super rich people slap, like going at each other and I will say one thing: the all of the all of the comedians were the, the funniest thing to me was Judd Apatow. He could have killed him. I was like, "Word, he could have killed him." Word. <laughs> that just shows me like you've never been in a fight in your life. He could have killed him. No one's ever pushed you or punched you in the face. He could have killed him. And then people were bringing up all of these ridiculous things. It was um the best thing I saw was on, uh, was it uh the Amber Ruffin was talking about it and how ridiculous it was and. My world got so dark, and yeah, it's like it was that was really good. It was a good like three minute breakdown of the Oscars and everything that happened. It was pretty fun, but yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, to our listeners, Ant was supposed to join us and uh, give y'all another, give y'all another. Uh, was it? Oh, mock draft. Yeah, but I, I guess we will not be getting into that, and we will be getting into our picks for the March Madness for the Final Four. I think I dropped it in there a little bit earlier. Uh, yeah, the odds for that. Right. Now, I'm, I'm kind of shocked like it's all blue bloods because I really thought I mean, there's all going to be big big conference schools. Like, there hasn't been like a Butler or a VCU makes to the Final Four in a minute. Like, that legit hasn't happened in a while. 
Well, I mean, if you really think St. Pete's had an opportunity, had had a chance, like I, you know, and, and and not for nothing. I mean, when you get to the Elite Eight, you have a chance. You have a legit shot. You know, you but, do. Um, you know, they were going they were going up against a a team that really would have had to fall on its face in order for them to beat them. So, and and they didn't. So, so yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I'm honestly, I'm not surprised at all. If and you I think, think I said this, hit a shot, I would have been right, but they can't hit the broad side of a barn putting up 45 points in the, in yeah. the lead eight, which is crazy. I, I think I said this earlier than when we did the show a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the first round. I said, you know, to me, the first round, obviously the first round of the NCAA tournament is the most fun because it's, it's the one, it's the opportunity to, you know, get upsets and all of that stuff. But usually by the end, it's some ones, you know, a one seed, a couple of two seeds, you know, and it's usually the blue bloods that are getting in there. So I'm not surprised because the tournament usually plays out the way it's expected to, except for that first, that first weekend. Like that's for yeah. that first Thursday and Friday is usually when anything can happen. You just never know because you may, you know, just trip over your own feet, you know, trying to make things happen. But if, but by the time you get to that second weekend, um, really like the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, you know, the teams that are supposed to be good, they've, they've figured themselves out and and they're, they're, they're much better. So I'm not surprised that we're here where we are now. I am you surprised that UNC is there. I am surprised that UNC is there, but I'm also shocked. And I, and I like, it's, it's, what's funny was how many people didn't know, the same thing I didn't know, that this is the first time UNC and Duke have ever met in the tournament. Well, this is literally all time, right? So this is going yeah. back to the days when the tournament was before 1985, right? Like basically before we were toddlers, mm-hmm. um, the tournament was only 32 teams. Mm-hmm. And they never even faced each other. That was kind of shocked me. Which which I was just like, I was watching and I was like, they've never been, they've literally never been on the same side of the bracket to have faced and each other in like the, the Sweet 16. Or the the uh, NCAA tournament has existed since 1934. These teams have played each other 250 times. Mm-hmm. Never once never, the And have never seen each other in the NCAA tournament. It's, it's, yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, that's what I said. It was so shocking to hear that for me, but it was more shocking to hear people from ESPN, people whose lives it is to cover these sports go, really? Like they were surprised. And that's yeah. why they were like, man. <laughs> so the fact that this is happening now and it's happening, obviously, you know, Coach K's last season as the, you know, the, yeah. the Blue Devils head coach is just like apropos. And, you know, off the heels of the of, of Carolina beating them, you know, just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And then um, losing to Virginia Tech in the title game, which, right. stole a, which stole a bid from somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the um big somebody in the American didn't get in that should have got in. Yeah. Although the exactly. AAC, I will say this: the Big Twelve is expanding with the right schools because I don't know if Cincinnati's going to get his basketball program together, but um, adding Houston and football and basketball is really going to help them. I think the Big Twelve showed themselves to be one of the best basketball conferences in the country. Although they didn't get anybody in, I think they had like four teams in the um they had four teams in the Sweet Sixteen. So, mm. you know, they were doing pretty good. Like Texas Tech, Kansas, Kansas is in the final four. Um, Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor ended up getting knocked out in the second round, which was kind of a shock. I had that, 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 that destroyed my bracket. But, you know, it is what it is. I guess we're a little late talking about this. Everybody was talking about it last week, but 
Hey, we're here now. It's still going on. We can talk about it now. We can talk yeah. about it. I don't care. And the longest shot to win the tournament overall is Villanova, if you're feeling lucky. They lost their uh, second leading scorer. And the guy filling in for him is actually a five-star prospect who, coming out of Jersey, was expected to be a one-and-done player. But he's had an injury basically every season of his career, and he's a junior now. So this is the first time this kid has been healthy. So he's actually going to get a chance to start and play. And I think he's only played in 37 games out of the three years that he's been there, which is kind of months because they play 30 games a year. So he could have played at at least 60 games by now, even with the 2020 tournament getting suspended. So we'll see. Villanova's getting four and a half. Kansas is minus four and a half. Kansas is minus 200 on the money line. Everybody expects them to win. They're the taller team. Um, I think they're the better team. I think Colin Gillespie is – He's a really good college player. He plays very under control and, you know, but Villanova just not being able to score against Houston really shows me their weaknesses and kind of gave Kansas can just give that level of effort on defense. They should be able to beat the brakes off. of. Yeah. Well, you know, you know me, you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jay Wright. I like Jay Wright. Always have been a fan of Jay Wright. Been a fan of, you know, I like Villanova as a team and I like what they represent. Um, they play good defense but they don't score very well. And, you know, that has been shown, I think, twice now over the course of the, <clears throat> over the course of the, uh, you know, the run that they've been on. Um, and they, they just haven't hit, hit a team that can hit their shots. You know, Houston did not hit their shots. If Houston hits, hits a couple more shots, that game is over and Villanova is not, not making it past that round. I just feel like at this point, they're obviously too banged up to get past a Kansas team. If, 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 um, if they were fully healthy, I would give them a really good fighting chance. And I think that that's, that's actually indicative of what we see here with the, um, you know, the spread still being yeah. only four and a half points is like people are respecting them and respecting the defense and respecting the fact that this, they're going to make it difficult on, on Kansas, no matter what. Um, I would even say, you know, I would, I would take the Jayhawks to win. I'd give the four and a half. What do you think about that over under 134 points? I think oh, I think that's a little high. I think I would strike the under on this one. You, you, you think you think you think Kansas is uh, hitting the over on that? I think Kansas is going to hit the over because if you looked at their last couple of games in the tournament just alone, mm. see they've been they've been hot hot. So they yeah they've been lighting they've been lighting schools up. So oh wait is it, was that was that the championship of the NIT? Yeah, that's the champ- Oh wow, we just yeah. missed that. Xavier beat A&M. Shout out to Xavier winning that. Good for them. Yeah, I watched them in the semifinals game against St. Bonaventure um, yeah. two, night, two nights ago. It's a good game. So Kansas' game against, just, just on this alone, Kansas' game against Miami, they beat them 76 to 50, right? Mm-hmm. Miami is as athletic and as a good shooting team as Villanova. They play better defense. They're not as disciplined. Miami put up 50. Kansas put up 76. Something 126 points. 126 points. Yeah. They would need nine more points to hit the over. I think Villanova is good for about three more threes. They could lose that game 79-59 or 75-59 and easily make it. Okay. You guys hear it here. I, I, I would I would if I got the money on it, I would hit the under on this one just because I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Villanova – the thing about it is I think Villanova knows that the only way they're doing this game is by making it ugly and getting it, you know, getting in, getting in Jayhawks' faces, making it ugly, forcing them to go to the line, not letting them hit threes. You know, a lot of what they did against Houston 
um, is how they win this game and keeping the score low um, because they, they, they can't score on them. So they can't score on their own. So I would say this game goes, if this game trends up to the seventies, I think you're right. Um, but I would say that this game hovers somewhere around the sixties, the, the high, the high, the high sixties. Uh, Most of Villanova's games have been on the under, but I will say during the regular season, they did play in the seventies with a lot of teams in the big East, mm-hmm. which is a pretty physical conference that doesn't, you know, it's not a, it's not a conference known for a lot of people hitting threes. Right. More step back threes, more kind of slow down NBA old school playoff basketball. You know, controlled tempos and things like that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next up, we got North Carolina and Duke. The I think the the most well known rivalry in college basketball, but not the most heated. Because the most heated, I'd have to point out is Louisville, Kentucky. Because I just saw an article from 2012 where these two guys were in a dialysis facility, got into a fight when those two teams met in the final four. Speaking of uh, people putting their hands on each other when they're not supposed to be. <laughs> the dialysis saying, center. Yeah. Hilarious. Just, just cause you don't think they will. Doesn't mean they won't. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So North Carolina is getting for Duke is given for, North Carolina's plus 160. The over-under is 151. Based on that last game that they actually played in Duke, and they're playing this one in San Antonio, right? No, they're playing this in New Orleans, and basically in front of like Mm 60,000 at the Superdome, which is going to be huge. Um, You know, there's three pros on North Carolina. There's three or four pros on Duke. I think Carolina doesn't have the better point guard. Duke actually has that with Roach. Depending on how well they can keep people out of foul trouble, you know, Duke should be able to win this game. I'm not really here for that, but um, I want to see Carolina beat them just out of the pettiness. It's me being a Carolina fan. And, uh, you know, Senko K out proper, man. I'm here to root against them one last time. So this one's for me. So uh, I'm, I'm, I would take Carolina on the money line. Get that, hit that 160 or 155, depending on if you've been at MGM or other sports books. And Carolina's the lowest seed left. They're actually an eight seed, which is kind of crazy that they made it this far, but. A lot of upsets in front of them. A lot of upsets. They were able to play St. Peter's in the Elite Eight, which led to some pretty terrible basketball, but a very easy win for them. So UNC, um, <clears throat> has UNC played, I think this here's, here's the main question for me. Mm-hmm. Aside from the Baylor game, has UNC played a game where you really thought that they were you know, not as good as the team that they were getting ready to go up against. No. I, th- I think, to me, UNC is a bit of a phantom eight seed. They beat me, Marquette. They, are... they beat Baylor. As a matter of fact, they've actually beaten the highest-ranked teams out of anybody in this tournament outside of uh, right. Nova. They beat Marquette, they beat Baylor, and they beat UCLA. And they beat UCLA, right. And they dropped 73 on UCLA, who all they do is slow it down and try to hurt you inside. Exactly. So that's why I feel like North Carolina is a is a bogus eight seed, is what I would call them. I don't think they're an eight. I think they're maybe a four. Um, and looking at that bracket, I probably would have seated them right there around UCLA, um, St. Mary's, you know, that 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 realm. So because of that, I think that's why to me, I think that's why, and then on top of the fact that North Carolina was 
one of the hottest teams in basketball coming into this tournament. Um, the loss of VTech aside, they were hot. They were coming in blazing. Um, and they're playing their best basketball at the best time of, at the best time of the year. I'm going to take the heels because I want the points here. I want the points. Um, I want this four. I feel like this game is going to go down to the wire. It's going to be, you know, back and forth situation um, between two teams that absolutely know that this is not just for, you know, a trip to the final, to, to the, you know, to the championship game and the first time that they've ever played each other in the tournament. This is for literally all the bragging rights, because if, if you're going to if you're UNC and you get to knock Coach K out of the tournament on his last, you know, his last dance of his career, you know that that's bragging rights for the next 40, 50 years, you know, um, and if you're Duke, you get to say the same thing. Um, Winning this so, game for UNC would be like when the Red Sox finally won the championship in 2004. It would I mean, mean that much. It's, it's like it's almost better than winning a title for UNC. I would, I, you know what? I would even, I would actually equate it to winning to the Red Sox beating the Yankees in 2004 before yeah. they actually won the World Series. Oh, that coming like, down from 3 0. That, that coming down from 3 0. God, that was so oppression watching. It was really, but. It, once that happened, it didn't matter if they won the World Series or no. not because they had they had overcome, you know, that one. And I don't think it matters to UNC all that much. If they lose, if they win this game, but they lose to Kansas in a nail biter of a game in the championship, I think they still hold their head up high. I still, I still think they come out of it and say, well, at least we'd be Duke. That's how important this game is to them. Um, and so I'm going to take Carolina. I want the points here. And I think it trends. Um, if, and I really like if you really like I like that plus one sixty. Go money line if you really like them. Go money line. Take put two bets on them. Put them put a bet on the money line. So you you can make some money and then just you know save yourself a little bit. Put a bet on put a bet on the plus four. Yeah, listen, money line, money line Carolina, two team parlay. Money line Carolina, and you take Kansas giving the points. That's your best shot to uh, hit a nice little two team. Mm-hmm. And then you could also throw on South Carolina, uh, be in Louisville in the women's game. Um, this is the yeah. best women's basketball team I think I've seen since, I guess, UConn was on like a 111-game winning streak about five, yeah. six years ago when they basically had like that was four or five the, stars. Uh, t- and it was with Tarasi, right? Yeah. Tarasi was at the beginning in the middle of that run. I think she graduated in it. And then, and Maya, then like Maya Moore was Maya at the Moore. end of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm who are all still in the WNBA except for Maya Moore, who retired, and I think she's just doing social justice. She got yeah, her now fiancé out of prison and all of that stuff out of Minnesota, mm-hmm. which is really dope. Not much focus on them. They, they, they're trying to do more, and they're trying to talk about it more, but I don't know. Like, they're really not promoting the women's tournament as much on uh, ESPN as they could be, honestly. They're still covering, like, a lot more off-season NFL stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's April and March, man. Like, it should be old college basketball. Like, I don't even understand this. And they own the, the full rights of the women's tournament. They're broadcasting every single round. Shout out to my UB women's team uh, for making it again, even though we lost our head coach to Syracuse because she's going to be making like $600,000 a year now. Mm. So I can't remember on that one. Syracuse finally wants to be good, so they stole our coach. It is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, three-teamer right there. South Carolina women's game, UNC money line, Kansas late at four and a half. You got anything else to add on the final four? No, that's just that it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really, really fun Saturday of basketball. 
Um, it's been a really, really, it's been a fun tournament thus far. One of the most fun tournaments that I can remember in the last few years. And it's good to have it back. Obviously we, we missed out on it in 2020. Yeah. And then last year was just not, didn't feel. Um, it, it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel the same with the fans not being there and stuff like that. So, you know, it feels good to have everything back. And, um, and then again, to have this like mega matchup happening at the end, you know, at the end of on Saturday night, yeah. everybody should be watching this. This is, this is going to be big time. So. Every single team that is in it has at least won three championships, which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's like going to a AFC title game, and it's like you know Kansas City, the Patriots, you know Tampa Bay, and then I don't know you throw in also in the NFC like the Giants or something. Yeah, every team that's just won a bunch before. Be nice to see. I, I don't maybe you get a real dunk contest too. There's a dunk contest and a three-point contest happening down there, down in New Orleans at the same time. Yes, but what you don't know is every um, every NCAA player is eligible to go. Division mm-hmm. one, two, and three. Yep. So it's open up to like like six hundred something schools. You could play at Queens College. You could play at UMass Lowell. You could play at you know IUPUI. Shout out to uh, the Mastodons in Indianapolis University, Purdue University, Indiana. The longest name in college basketball, which I just happen to know, they could they could send somebody to the tournament to enter the three point contest. I don't know what you have to do to qualify, really, but I do usually watch it on like a random Saturday on like ESPN two somehow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I actually I said it to record on my DVR. This Did time you really? Actually. So I saw I saw it on my DVR as an up and coming as an upcoming event. So I said it to DVR so I wouldn't miss it. So all right. And oh, to everybody, we are going to be posting uh, Ant's mock draft again to the Twitter so y'all can follow us on there. Thank you to everybody who's filling out the uh, quiz that I put up there. And before we get into the NBA game for Friday, I just want to go over the um, the odds for the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference to win the conferences, right? So the Phoenix Suns, who have won 62 games, are still plus 120 to go to the finals, which they went to last year. I don't see anybody touching them. Steph Curry's not healthy. And they're plus 120. Golden State is plus 300. Memphis is plus 850. So if you put 50 bucks on the top three teams, there's the only way that you can lose money is if Phoenix makes it. So you could put 100 on Phoenix, you could put 50 on Golden State, and another 50 on Memphis, and you'd still make money. Mm-hmm. You would still clear, you would still clear 20 bucks no matter what happens, just by putting 100 on Phoenix, 50 on Golden State, and 50 on the Grizz. And if the Grizz make it, they're plus 850, who are the hottest team in the Western Conference and have actually won 50 games for the first time in like a decade, which is kind of wild that these young dudes have just built it up from within. And then watching the Nets lose tonight again, somehow the Nets are still the favorite in the East, or they were before tonight's game, plus 260. Milwaukee Bucks are plus 325. That's just to go to the finals. And the Celtics are plus three fifty, and the Sixers are plus four seventy five. Yeah. If you bet all, all of those teams, that seems like a no brainer, honestly, to me. I don't think tonight's loss uh, to Milwaukee, you know, hurts their chances. It was an overtime loss. It was a good game, um, but they were I, at home. It, now. The, the thing that the well, I always say the thing that you got to remember, you know, it pretty pretty handily is that it's it's a series, right? It's not a single game, so. You know, losing a single game, even at home, it's really about how 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 confident do you feel about Kevin Durant and his ability to you know <clears throat> carry a team. He almost carried a team without Kyrie 
and uh, James Harden to a game seven against Milwaukee, you know, to and through uh, Milwaukee last season. Um, and that was him coming off of the injury, uh, the injury before that. So, you know, there's no reason to believe that he can't do exactly the same, you know, dial up his superpowers and knowing that he's going to have, you know, a fully uh, invested Kyrie uh, for, for at the very least, you know, for the playoff run, you know, so I don't see that. I don't see that as being a deterrent, like the loss tonight is being a deterrent yeah. um, to it. But I do think this is interesting because the Los Angeles Lakers are 4,000 to one. Yeah. They're plus, plus 4,000. Which is crazy because they won't even, which is basically 40 to one to, right. to make it to the finals. Right. But if Anthony Davis comes back, they're in the 10th spot right now. If they come, yeah. if he comes back and they happen to make the eighth seed, which they right. still can do, that's really the, their best chance is them making the eighth seed. But they got to win two games just to do that. They got to win two games to do that. Their reward and, is playing the Phoenix Suns in the, the first round. Is, exactly, but 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 that's the thing here. That's the thing I think I think to, to to take into consideration, right? If the Lakers, if Anthony Davis comes back and is fully healthy, mm-hmm. and LeBron James comes back and he's fully healthy, and they figure it out even a little bit, the talent, at least the top end of this talent, is there. We've seen this team with those two stars win a championship. We've seen it happen, right? And health is the only reason why they are where they are right now. It's 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 the main reason, uh, in addition to the Westbrook situation. But you know, if they got healthy and they were able to get something decent out of Westbrook and got themselves into that eight seed, are you are you a thousand percent confident that Phoenix is coming out? I, I'm about I said I'm seventy thirty, but that thirty to me. That plus four thousand is worth a worth a forty dollar bet. <laughs> you know, it's worth yeah. a forty dollar fifty dollar bet to see what happens. Um, because if they catch a if they catch a heater, you never know, right? So, uh, I I just think that's a very interesting play right now because I I expect that to go down if when Anthony Davis comes back. Mm-hmm. I expect them to get. I expect them their odds to get a little bit better when Anthony to Davis drop comes by back. at least ten to one, and they'll be thirty to mm-hmm. one favorites. Exactly. I mean, I can't even imagine betting them at that because they still really don't have a point guard. And LeBron's basically been playing on a hobbled knee and ankle for the past two months. And he's basically just taking a couple of days here and there. Still dropping 30 most and games. Still and, they still not, and they still not winning, which is crazy. Yeah. And and Westbrook has actually been shooting in the past like five to ten games. No, five or seven games, honestly. He's been shooting his career averages of like 42% from the field and like 34% from three. So they can't mm-hmm. even really be mad at him anymore because basically it's just how the team is built, which is why it's running like this, which is kind of wild right. to me. Because they're not bad, but they're just like, this is what the team is. This is what it is. It's what y'all put together. Yep, exactly. They're playing right now. Um, they're losing yeah. to the Jazz right now by 11. Yeah, but they're um, getting 13 and a half if you took right. them tonight. So I wouldn't worry. Yeah. And you know what? We're going to get into the games tomorrow. So there are NBA Fridays have been kind of nice to me. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games on Friday to choose from on April Fool's Day. We have the Raptors kicking off the night, 44 and 32, solidly in the playoffs at the sixth seed, taking on the Magic at 20 and 57 on the road. The Raptors are favored by nine and a half. And road teams have been covering the most. Road favorites have been covering the most all year. I'm going to be taking the Raptors. I don't know what the over-under is. It's probably somewhere around 218, 220. 
Um, I'm just looking at the spreads right now. I'm going to be taking the Raptors. I think they can smoke them. Um, the Magic aren't really trying to win games. They're trying to tank. I don't know who they're going to draft, if they're going to take um, Chet Holmgren, if he comes out. I know a couple other players who have heard the – there's really no clear-cut number one overall pick. There's no Cade Cunningham this year. And Holmgren is a great player, and he got some really bad calls at the tournament, which were like phantom fouls, but it's how it goes, you know? He, he's got to get his weight up. I can't I, – I, every time I look at him, I just think he's going to break. He weighs so frail. He just looks like he's going to break in half. He looks um, like he weighs less than both of us combined in high school right now. He's in like, college. It just, it just looks like even if you threw him, you know, on the low block against a Mitchell Robinson, who, who is slight, who is not a, a not big fight. He's like two, 220. He looks, yeah. he looked like, you know, he would look like a grown man next to that kid. Yeah. If you threw him on a block against a Mitchell Robinson, like he's, he, you know, he's going to have a problem scoring, you know, in, in today's, I mean, if, if he's really like Kevin Durant, if he is Kevin Durant, if he's that, that level of skilled player and skilled shooter, and he doesn't need to, you know, he doesn't need to, you know, live in the paint, um, then great. But he, you know, he, I think he benefits from having a guy like Drew Timmy on his team who can do all that work, who can do, who does all of that, you know, low posts banging around in the in the paint and allows him to be more that more skilled player on the outsides. We'll see what happens, but you know, I just I would be very wary of picking him first overall. If he ends up the team with the most likely chance of getting him would be the Magic. And I think they're one of the worst teams in the league by record this year. They've only won 20 games, but their roster looks pretty loaded. Like Franz Wagner's been killing it. I mean Terrence Ross is the only player that you know, actually has a couple of years. Like, he's the only team I feel like that's been in the league more than that. Oh, I keep forgetting Robin Lopez is still in that team and in the NBA. He's the oldest dude in that team at 34. I don't even know if he's showing up to games or if he's just like a player coach at this point because this is 13th season in the NBA. Mo Bamba's starting most of the game. Franz Wagner is starting at small forward. They got Wendell Carter starting at power forward. Basically, a bunch of top five picks are all starting for this team. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, and he's probably in the teens, but everybody, there's like nine lottery picks on this team up and down, and they still have not figured it out. Maybe they still don't have the right coach yet. I don't know. But um, maybe Jay Wright should come and coach them. Who knows? I don't think he's ever going to leave Philly. He almost had a chance to coach the Sixers, but he turned it down, and they ended up getting, uh, they ended up getting Doc instead. And, you know, we will see. We will see. Next up, we got the Mavs at the Wizards. The Mavs are favored by eight and a half. I'm going to take the Wizards at home as an underdog. Um, they've been playing good against bad teams and okay against really good teams. I think eight and a half is just too many points. And I think they're going to cover. Um, the Wizards are clearly not going to make the playoffs. They're in the same boat as the Knicks. Teams that made it last year, they're just kind of folded without Beal. They don't really have much. Kuzma's doing okay. They traded Dinwiddie. At least they got some picks out of that. And I think Dinwiddie's going to come back and he's going to drop 30 or 40 on him. And Luca's going to probably get another triple-double and make it look easy. But even still, I don't think anybody else on Dallas is really going to give him much. So Dallas is probably going to get just a seven-point win. Washington gets the backdoor cover at home. I'm going to take the Wiz. Yep, I'm going with the Wiz, the Wiz too. Hey, look, man, Kristaps Porzingis, revenge game. Those are my four words for this game. <laughs> Kristaps Porzingis, revenge game. I hope that 
Mark Cuban is in the stands. I hope that he's got some business to do in D.C. and he has to come to this game. So Chris Stapskis Porzingis can go out there, can drop 37 on on this on the heads of the Dallas Mavericks and show them, uh, you know, this is what you could have had if you stopped giving the ball to Luca and started giving the ball to me. Um, it's not going to happen. So I do think Dallas is going to win the game, but I'm with you. I think that they'll keep it close enough to, to cover the eight and a half at home. So uh, I will take Washington and I'll take the points here. And this is, to me, is going to be my best bet. I, I, I really like this as a best bet um, because I just think that's way too many points to be giving away. Well, my best bet is coming up and that is going to be the Pacers at the Celtics. The Celtics are playing without Robert Williams, who had to undergo um, surgery. He should be back for the second round of the playoffs. So he'll be out four to six weeks. He's trying to come back as soon as possible because the Celtics are, I believe, locked in right now at the four seed. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Oh, no, they're the three seed in the East, 47 and 30. Got hot as of late. Celtics are favored by 14 and a half points. Um, as bad as I know basically the Pacers are, they've still won 25 games. Everybody in their team who's been playing is healthy. The young guys are doing okay. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is still the point guard of that team. The Celtics will win this game. Will they win this game by 15 points? I do not think so. They're not going to try that hard. And I do believe, I think it's, what's his name is still sitting out. Maybe. I don't know if it's Suggs, not Suggs. Sorry. I don't know if it's Jalen Brown or if it's Tatum who's taking rest as of late, but I know Williams isn't going to be playing and Horford is taking some extra time as the season goes on being the oldest dude on the team. I'm going to take the Pacers again, 14 and a half. This will probably hit the over as there won't be a lot of defense getting played because without Robert Williams in the back there, he's been averaging two blocks a game and like 11 rebounds a game. There's no reason for the Celtics to really press on this one. They're going to coast to a win. So give me the Pacers and the 15 points. Same. Um, just did some, just did some, some back or some, you know, back end research while you were talking on the Celtics. They haven't covered a, this is the biggest spread of any game that they've gotten so far this season, not, not in the last like five weeks, this season, this is the biggest spread that they've gotten. Mm. Um, and the last time they got a 14 point spread, they won the game. Um, it was against Detroit, uh, March 11th, a few weeks ago, it was against Detroit. They won the game by 11. Um, and so I, I expect that to, I expect that to happen here. Um, I expect to win, but I expect them not to cover that 14. Um, and, and, you know, this, I expect it to go up and down peaks and valleys uh, throughout. Um, I'm really, and I'm still, I still remain impressed by the play of, you know, the young Tyrese Halliburton and, and that, and that team. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go, where, where they go, uh, where Indiana goes in the next few years um, with this squad, because they got a nice little squad here uh, on this team. So I'm going to go with Indiana to cover as well. And I would put this into my parlay. Yeah, this is my lock for me. I think the Pacers are going to cover. A shock would be them winning, which would be ridiculous to me. Yeah. Unless same. somehow they're going to rest Tatum and Brown. And even then, I still think jump on this line quickly because there's no way the Pacers are going to maintain that 14 and a half point spread or 13 and a half, depending on where you're at. Um, next up, two pretty mediocre teams at best. We got the Kings at the Rockets. The Kings are favored on the road by two and a half points. I'm going to take the Rockets. The Kings are trying to tank games. The Rockets are – this game is inconsequential in terms of them and the odds. They're still going to be locked in probably for a top-four pick. It's one of the worst teams in the league, one of the – you know, one of these 20-win teams or so, losing like 50 games on the season already. 
I mean, they're kind of coasting to a stop. So I'm going to take the Rockets on this one. They're kind of playing hard towards the end, and guys are just trying to get their numbers to show, like, this is what they've been doing. Kevin Porter Jr. has been playing really, really well. Dennis Schroeder is out. John Wall has not played a minute, which is kind of sad for him. Even though he's getting paid, they had never found a trade partner. Christian Wood is hurt. He's not going to be playing, so I don't even know who's going to be jumping at center. It might be Usman Garuba, who's a rookie, and, and or Bruno Fernando. So that might be a spot for the Kings to be able to pick up some points. But I think all of their centers are out outside of like Rashawn Holmes, who hasn't really been playing really great as of late. And Demonis Sabonis has been in and out of the lineup. So look for the Kings to make a push next year, but this ain't their, their year. So give me the Rockets and give me that two and a half. Jalen Green uh, coming off of a record, if I'm not mistaken, uh rookie record of uh sorry uh rookie record for his, his triple double uh in the mm-hmm. last last two last few games and the first Houston Rocket triple double since Hakeem Olajuwon are you serious crazy. since 96 which, which is absolutely crazy despite all the players that have been on this team you know Tracy McGrady Steve Francis uh Yao I mean the Yao wasn't an assist guy you know just with all the guys that have been you know, um, mm. well, sorry, the third, the, the, third, the no, I'm sorry, James Harden had triple doubles, but the triple double. I was about to say, I was like, holy shit, yeah, this is the Rockets. First, the, talking first, about. the first Rockets, first Rockets rookie triple double since Akeem Olajuwon. That's what I was saying. That's first Rockets saying. rookie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so making up stats. Huge, huge no, but huge <laughs> shout out, huge shout out to him. Um, seems like he's coming into his own. He's really, you know, he's really doing his thing. And the team is starting to make that turn towards it. I think this is going to be an interesting. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, yeah. um, even though you know I don't really care for the, the out. The outcome is 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 going to be is is what it is. But um, what'd you say? They're getting how much? Are we they're getting there? two and a half. And these teams literally just played each other two days ago. Yeah, they played each other on Wednesday, and they're going to play. They're staying in this basically. Wait, is this like a makeup game? Because I'm trying to understand the schedule. They yeah they they played the Rockets on Thursday. They're staying in town and then they're playing again on Friday. On Friday, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, give me Houston. Um, give me Houston. I'll take the points. I think Jalen Green has a good has another good one good one in them and and, and they're able to cover. Mm-hmm. They're able to they're able to win this one outright. I don't feel good about this one though. Obviously, these are two bad teams that yeah. are both you know not going anywhere long term. You know, in the short in the short term. But I feel like Houston has a little bit more in terms of just the talent, the explosive talent on their team um, to get this to get this W at home. So I'll take Houston. All right. Next up, we got the Clippers with the Bucks. Paul George is back. That's really all I need to know for the Clippers. The Bucks pulled out an overtime win against the Nets tonight. They're playing a back to back. The Clippers, I don't believe, are playing a back to back. Oh no, the Clippers lost tonight at the Chicago, and they're going to be going to Milwaukee, which is actually not too bad of a flight. Milwaukee has to leave New York and go back home and then face the Clippers. Being as both of these teams played overtime games and Paul George is probably going to be a little bit fresher than everybody else. I'm leaning on the Clippers getting eight and a half points on the road. Road teams have been covering. Bucks win, don't cover. Take the uh, under on this game. The over-under is 231. I'm going to take the under and I'm going to take the Bucks getting that eight and a half. I mean, I'm going to take the Clippers getting that eight and a half. What you got? I'm gonna say the Clippers getting eight and a half too. Look, the Bucks just played. We just finished talking about the fact that the Bucks just played an overtime game against the Nets in Brooklyn. Yeah, both teams played all day. Yeah. Right, they're gonna travel back home uh, in you know to to Milwaukee, 
and they're going to get, you know, probably the best version of the Clippers that they that they could have gotten because Paul George is back and he's playing well. So uh, I think Paul George is good enough to keep the game close, keep it within keep it within that eight. So I'm taking the Clippers to cover that spread. All right. Next up, we got the Suns at the Grizzlies. Two hottest teams in the West. Oh, wait, I'm skipping the game. We got the Pistons at the Thunder, the two worst teams in the East that's, and the West. That's, that's why you skipped that game. It's perfectly fine. Go ahead and skip it. I forgot about that. <laughs> Um, I would not bet this game. Oh, no, actually, I'll take that back. I would bet this game. I would bet the over in this game. The over under in this game is 219. Um, unfortunately, Josh Giddy, that's six, seven point guard for the Thunder or shooting guard or whatever kind of combo guard they want to call him. He is not going to be playing. He's out for the rest of the season with an injury. Um, the Pistons won tonight, and I expect them to win tomorrow. They are giving three and a half for the Thunder. Home dogs have been doing pretty good. Both of these teams have won 21 and 22 games, respectively. So this is kind of a race to the bottom. Nobody really wants to win this game, but the Pistons probably will. So I'm going to take the Pistons just beating, yeah, beating, beating the crap out of the Thunder. I would take the over. That seems like a more solid pick to me out of these two. If I asked you, if I, if, if, would you believe me if I told you that one of the players in this, in this game has his mm-hmm. own shoe deal, has his own, like is a, is a, has his own shoe deal with a you know recognized brand with Nike or Adidas, not necessarily a you know not one of the top two, but a recognized oh. a, rest, so, a recognized basketball brand. He has an A6 deal. What, what are you talking about? He, he has, has a, a Spalding deal. <laughs> I'll tell you in a second. I would say um, well, Cade, Cade, Cade Cunningham probably has a sneaker deal with Nike or Adidas because that dude is going to be a star. He has it yet. I don't think and he's he has the rookie of the year. Like straight up, he's the rookie of the year. So, he's probably not getting it because Evan Mobley's going to get it. And mm, we, can talk, we, we can talk about that. I think Evan Mobley. You know what? Be- that might be fair, but Evan Mobley has more help, which is why he's on a better team. He actually has a guy who's been in the championship and a couple of multi-year all-stars. So you know what? I don't know. I think Cade Cunningham has been playing better. He's on a trash team. He's on a trash team, but like he's really good, man. Evan Mobley. Really I think Evan Mobley wins it. He's a reason. He's defensively too. What he's doing for the for the for the Cavs defensively is that. Yeah. But, I say, I like to say, Darius Baisley. Who? Um, no, I'm messing around. I know who that City, is. On the Oklahoma City Thunder, Darius Baisley is a uh, signed athlete to New Balance basketball. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, it's New Balance and they're not one of the top two. They're not the top two, but, you know, that's something to be said for. Um, but I just find it very interesting that there is a player in this game that has a shoe contract um, and it's, despite the fact that neither one of these teams is any, is any, is really any good. Um, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to go with Detroit as well. Um, simply by the, for, by the fact that this is a home game for them. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is a, oh. this is a road game for them. Sorry, More importantly, Giddy, uh, Gilgius, SGA, Gilgius, Alexander's out. They're all not playing. Luke 10 Dort is out. Darius Baisley is who just mentioned out. Yep. So you will get a chance to see, Alexei Pukashevsky, who's Poku. seven feet Poku, who's seven feet tall and 208 pounds. So uh, you'll see, get to see what Chet Holmgren is going to look like when he comes into the NBA, a less skilled version. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's kind of the reason why they drafted him. And you get yeah. to see more of Mike Muscala. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Detroit. They're giving four here on the road. I feel like this. I feel like this is a bit of a. I think that's, I think that's a bit wow. low. Um, I think if I didn't look at the Thunder road. roster, I wouldn't know who's on this team. No, you wouldn't. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Detroit as well on this one. We can move to the next game. Yeah, yeah. 
Detroit heavy. I take them back. You know what? I'm going to lock this in. Detroit's one of my teams that's definitely going to win tomorrow. Give me Detroit. <laughs> give me the Pacers. Two-game parlay right here. Next up, we got the Suns and the Grizz. The Suns got to win by seven and a half on the Grizzlies' home floor. Ain't no way that's going to happen. The Grizzlies of all teams have covered the most games all season. The you tell them you're going to give the Grizzlies seven and a half at home, and they got really everything to prove trying to move into the two seed in the in the West. If the Suns unfortunately lose in the first round to the Lakers or wherever else they have to face, um, I'm going to take the Grizzlies. They're going to be playing hard as hell as they always do. Um, the only problem is they do not have a center really to match up with. Um, well, with yeah. With the Suns and their number one overall pick, and my guy Aiden, who is a quality player and is probably going to get paid this year when it comes to free agency. That's really the only weakness that the Grizzlies have, but they'll throw a bunch of bodies at him and they'll figure it out. Stephen Adams has been playing well. Brandon Clark has been playing well. Even Killian Tilly, who doesn't get enough time, but they're going to figure that out. They're probably going to end up trading him. Who knows where he'll end up? He'll probably be on OKC somewhere. But Melton, Bain, Culver, if Morant can come back and play in this game, that would be huge, but they're probably going to rest him for the playoffs. Dylan Brooks has been playing his ass off as well. So I got to take the Grizz getting that seven and a half. I've been talking too long, but go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I think the, I'm, I'm going to take Phoenix here. I think the reason that this is happening is because the reason why this seven and a half points where it is, is what it is is because all these players are expected. The players that you mentioned, Bain, Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams, and John Moran are either are either out or listed as out or doubtful for the game. So I think this is this is Vegas saying we don't expect Phoenix to you know Phoenix is not going to let up. They're going to you know put all their chips in. They're going to try to win this game because they want to make a statement and they're going to do it against Memphis's B team. Um, you know, Memphis has been playing some pretty weak squads too. The eight. best team they've played is Brooklyn in the past like 10 games. Yeah. So Memphis is, I wouldn't say they're B team. I would say they're A minus team um, because Memphis is, is a really, really good team. So uh, I would, I'm going to take Phoenix here to win this game outright, you know, give the seven and a half. Again, it's not a best bet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't lock this one in, but I definitely feel like Phoenix can, can handle business and, uh, and, and get this W and um, yeah. And then when you, when you get close in the ends of games, Phoenix has their closer back. They have Chris Paul who just doesn't make mistakes at the ends of games and, and puts them, puts, puts the team in the right situation to win, to win a basketball they game. Do, so, which is why if Memphis had Jod, this would be a different ball game, but they do not. Absolutely. Absolutely. They had Jod. I mean, if they, if to me, if they had Jod, they had their full complement of players, this is a pick, right? This is a pick them or, or I think, I even, even think Memphis could have a, could get a, a little bit. Well, of Adams is expected to play. He's 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 mm-hmm. like probable, but he he's expected to play. Right, he's not a scorer, and he's gonna be a, he's gonna be you know. Um, he just has to affect Aiden. That's all. He just right. has to affect right. Aiden and his points. I don't think he does. <laughs> I really don't think he does because yeah. you know Phoenix is Phoenix is good enough. Monty Williams is a great coach. CP three, you know, is gonna is gonna orchestrate the offense in a way that's gonna allow him to get as many points as he, as, as many opportunities as he needs to get. And you know, obviously, Aiden can run. Aiden can get up and down the floor. He can run, get on a break, get some, get, get some, get some things in transition before Stephen Adams gets gets a chance to get set up in the in the half court. So, I'm going to take uh, Phoenix, uh, given the seven and a half. And again, I'm not locking this one. All right. Next up, we have the equally biggest threat of the night. We got the Trailblazers visiting the Spurs. The Trailblazers are getting 14 and a half points. The Spurs are 31 and 45. Spurs need to win this game to get back into the play-in. I don't know why they would want to do that. Um, they are one game behind the Lakers right now. The Lakers are 31-44. and 44. If the Lakers lose tonight, they are out, and the Spurs are back in. 
this really does not help them. This is not what they are asking for, but DeJounte Murray is just playing that good. So it kind of is what it is. The Spurs did not play tonight, so they really don't have to worry about having another back-to-back. Neither did the Trailblazers. And I got to take... I got to take the Blazers getting this many points. This is kind of nuts. I don't think the Spurs are going to blow them out, but I do think they're going to win. 15 points is a lot. And I will take the under, and I will take the Trailblazers. I'm going to take the under here as well, and I'll take the Blazers just because I don't really trust that, you know, Pop is going to push to push his guys to get this, to go, you know, all out and win this game by 20. I mean, they're at home. Um, that, to me, that's to be, to feel safe about this, I would have to say, do I feel safe enough to say, San Antonio's going to win this game by 20 points. And I don't. I don't. Um, I feel like they'll win this game, obviously. Um, but, and, and Portland is without probably their, their you know, obviously, you know, uh, Damian Lillard's out for the rest of the season. Uh, they traded away CJ McCollum. Anthony Simons was their young up and coming player. It looks like he's he got hurt as well. Yeah. So, you know, they really don't have any, any, anybody that you're looking at to say, well, this guy is going to get a, a real opportunity to make some, make some big things happen. I Except say maybe, maybe Brandon Williams. Um, Chris Dunn, Ben McLemore, and also Nasir Little. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are all guys that we know we're familiar with, but uh, you know, do we expect them to be able to carry the day? San Antonio is legit is, is a legit playoff contender. I don't say they're a legit playoff team, but they're a playoff contender. Um, and with their, you know, an all-star and DeJounte Murray, um, and then the other, the other, the other, you know, ancillary pieces on this team, they should be able to win this game pretty handily, but I wouldn't give it to about 20. So I would take the um the Trailblazers as well. Well, they're getting 15. So they got to be in by 16, 15. Yeah, they got to beat the Trailblazers by 15 points. Yeah, they had to win which by 15. They I'm did, saying to me, which they did six games ago, but I don't see them doing it again. Yeah, I'm just saying to me, I'd have to feel comfortable that they win this game by 20 in order for me you. to put, put 15 on it. Yeah, yeah. Next up, we got the Timberwolves visiting the Nuggets. Both these teams are in the playoffs. 43 and 46 wins, respectively, for the Wolves. And then for the Nugs, uh, it's looking like Jokic is going to win his second MVP back-to-back. I thought it was going to be Embiid. The odds are pretty good for all for Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and also Francis Kupo and Tetsuka So if you bet I, any of the three of them, you stand to win. I think everybody is still at this time plus 210 for Jokic mm-hmm. at the lowest and 250 for or 250 or 300 for Embiid. And I yeah. think it's 350 or 400 for Tetsuka So a 50 spot on each of them, you'll break even. And even actually, no matter what, if you put 50 on each of them, you make money. Give me the Timberwolves on the road getting four and a half. The center matchup is huge, and they have a better guards on the Wolves. So I'm going to take them for the win on the road. So you're taking them on the money line, or you're just taking them with the No, points? I'm taking the Wolves getting four and a half. I'm taking the Wolves oh, with the okay. points. Yeah, the okay. Wolves with the points. Okay. Who surprised me this year? Finally figured it out. Okay, so the Nuggets in their last five games – Two, three, four, are two and three against the spread, you know, middle of the road squad against the spread over the last five, over the last 10, they're five and five. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is a team that, you know, very rarely covers, you know, they don't cover with any real consistency for me to feel comfortable about it. I think they'll win the game, um, but I'm kind of with you on the on the cover here. Um, the Denver won't cover the points and Minnesota will be able to keep it close enough to do this. The one thing I will say about Minnesota is when you watch them play um, defensively, they're, 
they're not as good as I thought that they would be. Um, I thought Cat was going to be a little bit better for them um, in terms of anchoring the defense, and he's not there. And Jokic, although Jokic is definitely not a defensive player, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, he wouldn't tell you that he was. Um, he's gotten better over the course of his the last few years, and um, you know, because he's slimmed down a little bit, he's actually even better defending out on the perimeter. Um, which is where Cat loves to loves to live. So I'm going to go with uh, Denver to win the game, Minnesota to cover as well. I think Minnesota might win this because Pat Bev is healthy and so is D'Angelo Russell. And that's been huge for them. Josh Kogi has been playing great defense for them off the bench. He's been really helpful to them. Anthony Edwards is dropping a ton of points. Yeah, and I really think that's really what changed the team. They finally got some, they finally got a dog on this team who will just go out there and get them buckets when they need it. And one of the tougher dudes on the team, although they haven't been playing great as of late, they have covered three out of their last five, I believe. So yeah. there's that. And at the 1030 spot, the last and final, although this is an NBA TV game because who doesn't want to watch the Lakers late night? The Pelicans at the Lakers, a game that they probably should win. The Lakers are favored by one and a half. Anthony Davis, LeBron, Melo, all of the starters, Malik Monk, Talon Horton, Tucker. THT, everybody is expected to play. And the hometown favorite, that random white dude on the Lakers that I don't know his name. <laughs> um, I'm going to be taking the Lakers. It looks like the Pelicans are actually going to be solidly in the play-in, which they haven't been. And Zion will not be playing for them, unfortunately, but they are the ninth seed. And I could actually see them beating the Clippers or Minnesota to get in. I don't know. I could see that happening. It's kind of crazy that Minnesota has 10 more wins in both of these teams and they still got to be in the play-in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're the only team with a winning record. And no matter what, a team with a losing record is going to make the playoffs for the West. And all the teams for the East that are going to make the playoffs are going to have winning records at the very least. So I'm taking the Lakers here. I think they can win this game by two points, which is what they're calling. The Lakers are down by six tonight and they're getting 13 and a half. So and that's without LeBron. That's without KD, KD, AD. So with AD and LeBron coming back tomorrow, I expect them to win this game and win this game easy. Give me the Lakers at home for the lock. The last of the three-game parlay there. Yeah, I think the Lakers as well. Um, you know, obviously, this is, a, this is a bit of a revenge game for them. Um, the reason why they find themselves hovering around that 10 spot is because of the loss to the Pelicans, uh, I want to say, three or four nights ago on the 27th. Um, yeah, in, in New Orleans. So this is a game where they, they get an opportunity to get back at them back at home in their house. Um, and like you said, like you said, LeBron and AD coming back, um, hopefully Westbrook, well, again, Westbrook playing a little bit better than he has been playing than he played over the course of the season. So, you know, expect them to win this game uh, and get themselves back on the right track. Look, they need to win. They, I think there's six or seven games left in the season. They need to win at least five out of six or five out of seven of these games, including this game right now against Utah, uh, in order for them to, you know, comfortably say that they'll be in, they'll be in the play-in tournament. They'll be able to yeah. you know, hold off San Antonio. So they can lose tonight. And this is probably the last game that they can lose until the end of the season. It has to start by beating the Pelicans on Friday. Well, listen, they may not lose tonight. They're down by six or seven points against well, Utah them, in Utah. I so, see them down, down 11 right now, 82-71 with uh huh? 550 left in the third quarter yeah and jordan clarkson just made a 24 foot three so yep yeah, there's that uh <laughs> lakers probably not gonna win probably will cover i'm still picking the lakers to win tomorrow ad is gonna get them into the play-in and then they're gonna go on a run 
and make that 40 to one bet you was talking about earlier, that 4,000, that plus 4,000 to make it into the finals worth it. So if you're a Lakers fan and you're about at the end of your rope, you still got a little bit of hope and throw about 30 bucks on that and see what happens. See what happens. 30 times 40 is $1,200. So just remember that. Exactly. You see LeBron take the team to the finals once again with him and AD. And then uh, Russell Westbrook can get his flowers. And then y'all will be like, I guess it was all worth it. And then everybody on ESPN will just look insane talking trash about the Lakers playing so bad for the past couple of weeks. And then y'all can send your uh, mean tweets at courtesy of at Stephen A. Smith, ESPN. Exactly. Leave me out of it. Don't, don't, don't see me because I'm betting on the Lakers to cover and to win most of these games, which they have been. And that is it for us here. Um, we're going to get into our shout outs. Unless this, oh, wait, there's a couple more football things. The rich get richer because Bobby Wagner signed with the Rams. That was one of my shout outs, by the way. So go ahead. Which is wild. No, it's not even a shout out. It's just the fact that he's now on their team. No, shout so out they to Bobby lost, Wagner. They lost Von Miller, and then they got a guy who can drop back into coverage <laughs> even well, more. Well, at this so, stage in their careers, Von, Miller's, Von Miller was more of a pass rush specialist. Bobby Wagner it, it, is, it a, is a. Bobby Wagner is a three-down linebacker who can cover, can can rush, can do a little bit of everything. And if you want to say that his that he's on the downturn of his career, sure, that's that's still that's fine. But he's still as much as Von Miller is. But he's still better than about seventy percent of the linebackers in the NFL. Still, so eighty. So yeah, so yeah, definitely. Shout out to him for uh, for getting that bag and uh, being able to parlay at thirty-two years old, being able to parlay another potential 50 million dollar payout you know he's not going to get the whole thing but you know whatever i think he'll make it to the first three years of that and unless they backloaded that contract he's going to see 40 million out of that 50 million mm-hmm. i think he's going to see if they pay him 12 million a year i think he'll actually see 36 million of that so shout out to him for cashing them checks yeah, legend right. at the bank bobby wagner um we're going to get into our shout outs malik you go first um so aforementioned shout out to bobby wagner but I, shout out to tyreek hill um yeah betting on yourself and getting getting the opportunity to get yourself out of you know kansas city which i don't know that i don't know that leaving kansas city was probably the thing he wanted to do but he wanted to get paid he looked at he looked at like shout out to him for looking at Devontae adams's contract and then walking into the rooms of the kansas city chiefs and saying i want a dollar more i just want a dollar more than Than, than that and Kansas City doing what the hell Kansas City does they realize they can't pay mm-hmm. you can't you can't pay your quarterback 45 million and you receive and your wide receiver 30 million and uh expect to be able to field the field a team with you know 40 you know 50 50 other players um you know when you got 70 million tied up into two players um so it just wasn't going to be able to happen so they made the move got some draft picks back in return and Tyree Kill is now a, now a Miami Dolphin playing playing basically in his backyard he's from down there um yeah. so he gets to play you know back where back where he loves and uh probably not gonna see value from that from that that 30 million dollars unless he's able to flip the career of Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I don't see it happening, but at the very least, he got his bag, so shout out to him. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Derek Jeter. He's getting ready to get his Hall of Fame credentials, the Hall of Fame honor, September 9th in New York. Um, I just heard about this just recently, so shout out to him. Um, I will hope to be there. I'm going to see if I can get some tickets. Tickets are probably going to be really expensive, and I'll see if I get some tickets for that game so I can shoot back up to New York and, and go see him enshrined in the New York uh, Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, Mr. November. Get his uh, get his plaque out there at Monument Park um, so I can go take a picture by that. That's 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 big news. 
Uh, so shout out to him for that. And then last but not least, everybody's people talking about, you know, this again, we, we go back to the slap. Shout out to Chris Rock. Shout out to Chris Rock. I made a point. I made a point on my on my Facebook page earlier this week that if you are a professional comedian in this world and nobody wants to slap you at any point in time in your career, you're probably not very good at your job. So <laughs> shout, out, date, but all right. shout out to Chris Rock for unlocking that achievement because ain't nobody slapping Dave Chappelle. Ain't nobody slapping any no. of these guys. Like nobody's getting up on stage and slapping these guys. Somebody had the gumption to look at you, say, you know what, I'm mad at what he said, and I'm gonna go up there and slap him. You know what, Chris Rock, with it as a badge of honor. I pissed somebody off that much <laughs> that I got them to come up on stage on the Oscars and slap me. So yeah. shout out to him for, for doing that, but also for you know, for being able to tell a joke behind it. I mean, I'm I can imagine how shocked he was of that situation and the fact that he was able to rebound even subtly even a little bit and get through what he needed to get through to get the award out um, was, was, was pretty damn impressive. So shout out to him for that. And I hope everything works out for everybody, everybody involved in that situation. Yeah, man. Um, shout out to the U S men's national soccer team for finally qualifying for the world cup, even though they lost to Costa Rica to zip. Apparently yeah, they, they to, did everything they, they needed to, to do to qualify. So the funny thing about that ace is just not to cut you off. Yeah. They were going to qualify. They had to lose by no less than six goals to qualify for the, to, to qualify for the World Cup. So Wouldn't it be funny to, if they lost by five? That's what That was the whole thing. It's like if they lost five nothing, <laughs> the entire country would have been like sweating. Okay? Oh, oh, my God. So two two nil was a two two nil was a uh, was a win for us. The U.S. Oh, yes, men's national team is also. I just I was just looking at this. I was looking at some soccer bets for the World Cup. France and um, Spain. France and Spain, or France and one other country are the favorites to win. Obviously, because of the returning team. Oh, France and Brazil. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be betting on Brazil. Um, I don't think in, this country has gone back to back in decades, um, if ever. I don't even know. I'm not going to be honest. I don't follow World Cup soccer like that but those are the two favorites the u.s men's national team i believe is uh it's not 100 to 1 it's not 50 to 1 i believe it's 45 or 30 to 1 which is crazy that they're even doing that to people because it feels like the books are just stealing money that that's, that's some wild shit to me because ain't no I chance mean, in hell that they make it to the, the the final four let alone the the world cup final i'd like to see what the, so, what the odds are for them to for them to get out of the group play um to get to the knockout round i want to see what if, if the odds are if the odds are good there i would take that because i think that i think that they'll they'll they're good enough to get out of group play hopefully if depending upon like you said depending upon where they get seated of course every single player on this team plays overseas except for a few which are stars in the mls all mm. the guys that play in the epl or in league one or in the bundesliga are really quality players as opposed mm-hmm. to in 94 the first time i think we qualified in years and years that they're any good 2010 team was really good 2014 team was pretty great 2018 yeah. team we didn't even qualify because we couldn't beat panama and this year we beat the brakes off of panama through christian pulisic getting the uh hat trick mm-hmm. so shout out to pulisic shout out to him coming through um and shout out to my yankees finally getting it together and finally getting a squad and being a favorite to win the world series oh yes and shout out to shout out to the yankees for 
Get, get the rules changed for Kyrie. Getting the rules changed for Kyrie Irving. Yes, You're welcome. Absolutely. You're welcome, Nets fans. So when you see your team playing in the playoffs, I guess for the exception, y'all, you listen. The one thing I say is this: you better hope they don't ever have to play Toronto, because that country is not playing no games. Mm-mm. And um, you know, we'll see who's not vaccinated in the Yankees when they sit out when they play the Blue Jays. <laughs> exactly. So we will find out because clearly that's who they changed the rules for. Exactly. The one team that matters in New York. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Mayor Eric Adams killing Bing Bong for the rest of us. Because we are <laughs> off that now. I can tell you that for sure. And I am I'm done. We are out. Uh enjoy y'all Friday, enjoy y'all weekend. April Fools to everybody who plays all those stupid pranks. And uh yeah, better underdog for April Fool's Day. See how that goes. Peace Pick out. Pick any random one. Peace. We out here.